And we welcome you in here to the latest edition of the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by Hoopball and the Hoopball Podcast Network. I am Damian Barling along with Joe Adge. We are thrilled that you are here with us. We are thrilled that you have allowed us to be a part of your Sacramento Kings coverage. Now, things have settled down a little bit since the last time we talked, at least in terms of the on-the-surface stuff with Monty McNair and Sacramento Kings general manager. We're kind of waiting to see who uh, is going to join him in the front office, who's going to be a part of the staff. And that kind of leads into some news that happened around the Sacramento Kings organization today, specifically the G League. Joe, the... Um, well, the Kings let go of the Sacramento Kings, or excuse me, the Stockton Kings general manager. And I kind of been scratching my head about this all day. Like, okay, what does this mean for Stockton? They've let a lot of people go. They've furloughed a lot of people. The, the Kings aren't, and, and this is important to stress because I know this feels like a very Kings thing. The Kings aren't alone in, I mean, there are a lot of NBA teams that were slapped in the face by the pandemic. I mean, there are businesses across the country that were slapped in the face uh, by the pandemic. But the one we're closest to, obviously, is Sacramento. So when we get news like this, and I know you'll be able to, to, to talk more about it, but this feels like a, this, this feels uncomfortable. Like this, this feels like something that just kind of stinks. Yeah. I mean, and like you said, so many people have been hit. And honestly, I don't know enough. I haven't looked up enough of the other teams to see if, if they're doing these, these kinds of things, but you do see people making coaching changes, front office changes, like you're seeing those still around the league. So the Kings aren't the only ones that are, you know, necessarily like doc rivers just signed an extension last year and had two more years on it. You know what I mean? And they, they let him go. Um, But the one thing Steve Ballmer's in a different category. I just want to put that. What I was going to say is you're seeing the trend of whether you like it or not, billionaires owning sports Mm -hmm. franchises, right? Mm -hmm. And or multiple billionaires because they seem to be the only ones that can weather these kind of storms. I mean, it's the same way you're seeing now billionaires are, you know, continuing to make their money, but. Right. And that's the thing people have to understand about sports owners is very, I mean, literally the only one I can think of, and I'm sure I'm wrong and anybody can correct me, but the only one I can think of is Mark Davis. With the exception of Mark Davis, the owner of the Las Vegas Raiders, Sports teams owners don't make their money being sports teams owner owners. They make right. their you go money in knowing you're going to lose money. Yeah, like, you, you you're basically you're paying billions of dollars in some cases or hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars to join a very very exclusive club. You're a right. part of a very very elite club, and that's it. Like that that's that's kind of the end of it. And there are guys who you know maybe Vivek Ranadive is more in the category of you know. He would prefer the Kings do well. It would help him. He not, he's not, he's not going to be homeless if they don't do well, but he right. would like the Kings to do well. He would like them to be profitable. He would, you know, all of those different things. Where have you got the, the Steve Ballmer category or Steve Cohen, the new owner of the, the New York Mets? Like, no matter what belly flop the Los Angeles Clippers take, no matter how many, they could assign Doc Rivers for the next 10 years and fired him. Like, it wouldn't have mattered because they can afford it. Right. And something that's not necessarily being talked about, and this is just me wondering, personally, 
is I know everyone's losing money, but we also pay, you know, over the years, multiple people, uh, you know, like two sets of head coaches, two sets <laughs> of GM, like two sets of advisor, you know, however yeah. it works out. Are, are we really, yes, we're losing money, but is our issue we can't afford to keep paying multiple people or is there a legitimate money sort shortage? And so we're having to cut costs elsewhere. Yeah. That the thing to me today was it was, you know, we're doing it because of COVID, you know, related and also, you know, restructuring a front office. Okay, cool. I get that. But we keep seeing people that are qualified in these kind of positions, Anthony McGlish, Drake, Dwayne, who, you know, for nine years has been the, the, um, equipment manager. I mean, mm -hmm. Anthony's been here for over seven years. Like these are guys that made it through the transitions of front offices, you know, previously here and by all intensive purposes, anybody you ask super respected. Um, was this legitimately to save costs or is Monty wanting to bring his own people in? If this is, our issue is if this is straight, cost cutting because we have to pay Vladi, we have to pay Peja, we have, you know what I mean? Like we're having to pay these extra things. And so other people are now getting scraped aside that are deserving to be in a front office. Yeah. Which it's hard to evaluate at this point, like I said online too, until I see this whole picture play out. It's just really frustrating when this team doesn't seem to hit a lot on a lot of things. Player personnel, whatever. And Anthony was one that we actually hit on. Yeah. And, and maybe we and should provide some background for people who are unaware. Anthony McGlish is a guy, he, he was the general manager for the Stockton Kings up until today. And he is a guy who is extremely respected uh, across the league. You brought up, and, and now I'm not recalling if you brought it up while we were talking before I hit record or yeah. after, but you brought up Gabe Vincent who's playing in the NBA finals. Before. But yeah. And so, and it was Sean Cunningham that just did a sit down interview with Gabe and yeah. talking to um, agents as well. And they, they literally were saying how, how much he had impacted the Kings and what he was doing. And he, I don't know if he was first, but he was at least second or top three and the most call up since he's been in his position of people being called up to NBA teams, whether it be for 10 days, um, whether it be, you know, getting rest of the season contracts, the guy was good at finding talent and he's, yeah. and he's young and, and he's already showing that he can find and develop. I mean, and it's not like, just that he found him, he developed him well enough to look at Gabe being in the finals today. And I mean, it's, it's it's really at the point where this sucks. Like it, it sucks for 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 Stockton. But the truth is, if Anthony McGlisha isn't in a front office next week, I'd be stunned. Right. Like I'd be stunned if he doesn't find a job ex like extremely quickly. And you know uh, where he started, the San Antonio Spurs. Imagine that. He was actually one that we found. He was an intern there that we found that we found there. But it's so again, it's just. Again, I'll wait and see what Monty does and how he fills it. And I'm sure he's going to have guys being, you know, VP of player development or whatever and G League, you know, GMs mm -hmm. combo combined. 
but it still sucks to actually lose good talent. Yeah, it, it does. When well, when this place doesn't have much of that, and and it's difficult and to. Right. He's, still, yeah. he's been here. You know, he's one of the, besides Ken, I, they keep saying, oh, we're not cutting front office, you know, people during this pandemic, but yet we keep hearing right. cut, cuts from that. So well, who, who else was here? Yeah. I mean, I th- if I recall, if I recall correctly, the first thing we heard is we're not cutting basketball ops people. Right. And then it like morphed into, okay, yeah, there's a few basketball ops people, but we're not cutting front office people. And now it's like, oh yeah, we're just pretty much slicing and dicing all around. And yeah, it is, it is frustrating um, knowing that they foolishly, in my opinion, well, obviously in one case, it's not deniable. They foolishly signed Vlade to a four-year deal a year ago. They, they fired him, forced him to step down, whatever happened, happened. And now you've got the same situation with Luke Walton. Nobody that I know, and I don't believe anybody in the city, perhaps anyone on the entire planet, or maybe even other planets, I have yet to survey them, believe that Luke Walton is going to see the end of his contract. So this organization just continues to, I mean, Dave Yeager. Dave Yeager did not entertain a single job last year because he was getting paid. He was getting paid handsomely. Now all of a sudden, his contract with the Kings is up and you're hearing his name mentioned with, uh, with, with jobs that are available out there. And it's infuriating, like, oh, Monty, if you, it's funny because you kind of stated two different things there. We'll see what Monty does, right? We'll see who he hires. We'll see who's on his way in. And, and you know, we've got to trust Monty McNair, right? We can't already be mad at him. Like, you want right. a guy to have his people around, like, great, even if it means getting rid of somebody totally um, this has that we believe is. Monty. Yeah, I mean, I, right, yeah. He's coming, in, he's coming into a place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get your, get your guys around. And maybe, maybe, maybe you've, you've got to build your own thing, whatever the case may be. Winning habits, right? That was the line he used. But we're also talking about losing money during the pandemic. We're also, so wait, like, is this a cost cutting measure or is this a, like, did Monty McNair call Anthony McGlitch into the office and say, Hey pal, appreciate your work, but you know, I, I'm, 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 I've got to build something new from top to bottom here. Right. Because you didn't have to say both of those things together. They could have just said, Monty's coming in, bringing his own guys. Thank you, Anthony. We appreciate everything you did. No one, but, but by pairing them together makes it seem like, well, we don't have the money. So we're going to have to find people that can do dual roles. Right. It's a hundred percent. That's, that's exactly the point. You didn't have to, it's a simple statement. the continue, because of the continuing restructuring of the Sacramento Kings front office, we have made the decision to, and you include all of the different things there. That's pretty clear. There's nothing abnormal about it. It's very right. common. But where it gets abnormal is where you start combining multiple reasons because then it's, then it's like, you're, well, you're lying. Like, you're not telling the truth. Like, what exactly is the reason that you're restructuring your or that you're, you're getting rid of these talented guys? Is it for the restructure of the front office? Or is it because you can no longer afford it? Is it is it because you're trying to save money? Is it because you're you're you know you're so deeply in the red that you're just trying to get back to the even point? And again, it's difficult to criticize them for that in a nutshell. Like we've right. got, there are companies all over the country that are cutting people. There are NBA teams, I'm sure, that we're not researching at the same length right. that w- which we're researching Sacramento that are cutting people. But what constantly is going to leave a bad taste in people's mouth is where they've wasted money elsewhere. And you see uh, people who have been loyal to this organization let go. 
Right. And you see, you're seeing qualified people <laughs> being let go. Yeah. And yeah. I, I don't, like I said, I don't know who else is still around. So to me, it, I, I don't know who's still there and that is having, you know, that it's having him go. Cause they keep saying, Oh, don't worry. We didn't hit the analytics. We didn't hit the scout. Like, so we don't know how many people who's left, but I mean, I'm not going to like it if there are people who seem to be less qualified or great at their job there and you see a qualified person go. But again, we're hearing multiple things from them, so it's hard to exactly. And, and when you look at the names that we've had across this place and, mm-hmm. you know, Sharif, Chris mm-hmm. Granger, I mean, mm-hmm. Anthony, Drake, like, can good I tell people. you? Can I tell you something about young men, Manny, like all these qualified people, you know, who have gone on and are now in great situations, which good for them. They deserve to be in good situations because they are great people. And we have, we keep messing up and letting these qualified good people go. I tell you a, a very short story about Chris Granger. I met him a handful of times. He was always extremely friendly when the lowdown started on the other radio station. He was super welcoming. He even you know, I believe his line to me was, welcome to the family. We're thrilled to have you. If you need anything, contact me. Gave me his number right there. Fa- you know, fast forward to like a month ago or two months ago when D'Lo and KC started on ESPN 1320. He caught wind of it on LinkedIn and shot a message to me right away. I haven't seen him in years and said, hey, I always enjoyed what you did. Congratulations. You deserve this opportunity. Like, dude has been gone for years. And, right. and, and he sent me that message. And I, and I, man, that stuck with me in a way you wouldn't believe. I was just like, wow, that, and I think he went to Detroit, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, and he helped with the launch of that whole, the he helped of, with the launch of their new arena. And, and I think it's, it's right next to baseball. I think it's all baseball, football, basketball, like all together. Yeah. I think it's kind of like how they have it in Toronto where they have, they're over hockey and basketball and all that. It's all under one center. I think it's similar, so good for him, but it still sucks that, you know. But but, but that I mean that out. but the point was like that, that's the type that's the type of guy that he is. You talk about winning habits, you talk about a character culture. organization. Good culture. Literally right. three conversations in our life. And you know, it, pleasant exchange. Hey, hey Chris, hey, you know, those types of things. But like three like real conversations and he sent that text message when I started working or that, that uh, LinkedIn message when I started working at ESPN. Right. And, and, we, and we keep talking about culture and hearing about culture and right on, I get it and I hope Monty can do it. But like we said over the years, we keep seeing the good culture people move on yeah. to the better culture places. Yeah. And, and you, yeah, it's just, it gets frustrating. You know, I have your, your Twitter. I, w- I want to bring up Manny's tweet because it's, it's, it's worth bringing up. But I always thought as the story was happening, like when it broke and then as it finished, I'm so stunned that an employee embezzled so much money from a sports organization and it received like minimal coverage. I don't remember that ever being a huge story that this dude in Sacramento embezzled like, what was it? Like $18 million from the organization and right. no one. Ca- but he's known to, as locally as TurboTax man. 
Bruh, like how did this, how was this not one of the biggest stories in sports? Maybe because it was here? Like, I, I don't know. This feels like Probably it should have. Probably it'd be like, oh, a typical Kings got swindled by something. Yeah, it's, you know? like, <laughs> it's like stupidity fatigue. It's just like how oh, we're t- like, all right, we're not going to cover another Sacramento. You were able to an to take $18 million and nobody even knows. Nobody noticed. Besides finding a TurboTax folder on an old computer. Unreal. Especially for a place that has always said to have small market, you know, we got to look at money for everything, you know, no matter what we do, that someone was able to take 18 million and you not, have any kind of inkling that there yeah. was not $18 million. There. Right. And this wasn't 10 years ago. Like no. this, this was recently, relatively recently. That's just, that's just insane to me. Um, I want to read Manny's tweet because this, if this, if there was ever a hall of fame tweet, this might be it. Uh, Manny who was with the organization for gosh, had to be over a decade or close to yeah. it. Uh, when you continue to employ the person who hired the guy who stole $18 million from the organization and fire a hardworking veteran of the NBA who makes, when you factor in all the hours of the job, less than minimum wage, that's a culture issue. Hmm. Yeah, the there's a lot of people who are, <laughs> there's this like dark underbelly of the Sacramento Kings that lingers a above all else of the Sacramento Kings. And Matina is such an interesting figure that people are almost like afraid to talk about. Like they do, and she's mentioned, but really it's- By a nickname, never, usually not her name. Like it's always some weird- It's it's such an approach with caution type thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure there's reasons why. She has survived multiple ownerships. She's believed to be like the person in charge of everything. And it's just a. I will never forget the line that when Vivek first took over, I want to say it was Mark Spears and this never gets brought up either. So um, he had mentioned her being one of the lone holdovers, you know, left from the Maloof and Petrie and all that stuff. And literally what he said was, she knows where all the bodies are buried. Yeah, normally when in people... In this place, and that's, it, it is what it is. <laughs> well, and, and I think that's why a lot of people leave it alone. I think there's more than bodies. I think there's money at stake too, but there's oh. always this... You know, Real when estate, you, money, city ties, like there's so Yeah, much. when you use that line where the bodies are buried, you usually think like, oh, okay, that's the person that knows all the secrets. But in this case, sometimes you wonder, like, <laughs> like what are we talking about? We're talking about? We know where all the bodies are buried, but it, it's she's a she's a fascinating figure that you're starting to see, like even subtly uh, pointed out more and more. But Vivek has some type of trust in her, uh, as others did, and it's I think a lot of people have seen her. What uh, Sam's article? Sam's article immediately comes to mind where. Of course, it didn't take long for there to be, you know, potential in-season, you know, uh, dissension amongst the Kings ranks. And there was a text thread that Sam referenced in his column that involved Luke, Vlade, Vivek, and Matina. It was like, oh, okay. So she really is involved in 
everything that happens uh, right. with this organization. But I wanted to bring up Manny's tweet because you're starting to see that a lot more uh, from King's employees of the past. Of course, Pete Youngman had great things to say uh, about the people who who lost their jobs there today. Was, and it, yeah, somebody else last week um, that brought it up, um, an ex-Kings player, and he was a coach. Uh, hold on. Uh, Danny. Don't worry. Just um, just keep searching it. It's actually really good podcast content when you search for. I I always um, call it great I, I know. content. I'm gonna. When I'm, I'm when trying I'm, to find the list of old. When I Google something. Coaches. Um. Um. But oh, Derek Martin, an ex player and okay. an ex an ex coach, and uh-huh. he brought it up to Manny a week or two ago, saying mm. again, why is no one ever. And, and it might have had to do when other layoffs had – we saw things happen again that people are always, always go back to how, how are all these other people, you know, not surviving and yeah. – Well, it's, it's, it's the line. The person who – like how do you stay employed if you're the person who hires all of the people that wind up getting fired? You know what I mean? It's like right. a general manager normally has – uh, in, in, in any sport, you normally have a coach, you, you have maybe one coach firing in you, but you really better hit a home run on the next one. And if you don't, then it, the, you know, the pieces kind of start to fall on you. And I'm not like isolating that to the Kings. I'm talking about sports in general. You look around, like I looked at, I couldn't like Steve Klein, the, the former Cardinals general manager being employed, the, the Arizona Cardinals general manager being employed for as long as he was, I thought was embarrassing. He got a DUI, like he went full, I think it was like Eric Musselman the first week. He gets a he gets a DUI. Then he he like fires a coach after one year. He stays employed. He drafts a quarterback and then drops him and drafts a new quarterback. And it was like, come on, man! Like this is this is the guy running your organization. This is a guy making terrible decisions. Like he's awful at his job. Eventually, I think they finally moved on from him. But um, you always got to look at the top when you have decisions kind of piling down, piling down, whether good or bad. You always got to look at the top. You always got to look at the people in charge. You always got to look at the people who are making the ultimate decisions. And that's one of the things, again, with Dallas is easy. It's, 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 it's kind of a, a cheat and maybe, you know, Los Angeles now is too. Both Los Angeles teams is. But you know the buck stops with Genie Bus, right? You know the buck stops with Steve Ballmer. Like Steve Ballmer, like he stays out. But when it's time to get involved, he's getting involved, as we saw this week with Doc Rivers. Uh, and and nothing happens in the Dallas Mavericks organization without Mark Cuban, for good or bad, and he'll he has to take the blame for it. Right here, I don't think anybody knows. Right, and and it's interesting too how you, even the SAC B had to like clarify it, clarify multiple times. Like these are the people making those decisions, not these people. So like let's you know you yeah. how, how many other so, places you have to keep clarifying who's making decisions, who's not making decisions, who's advising, who's not. Like it, it's it just gets. Yeah the the way some. You know, having worked for the, the, the partner, the radio partner of, of that team, they have people who listen and they have people who read. And if they don't like what they hear or they don't like what they read, they inform someone to fix it. They're like, hey, we need this fixed. Hey, you reported something that's inaccurate. Uh, say this. I remember one time, I don't think you would have a problem with me saying this. 
we were on the air. Ken Rudolph was like, I, and I don't even remember the context of it, but he was like, it feels like the Kings don't have a plan. Like what, like I don't understand what they're doing. Like, what is their plan with all this? And again, right. forgive me, this was, this was years ago. I can't even remotely remember the context. But I do remember a day later getting called into an office and say, you know, the Kings are really upset that you said they didn't have a plan. Like, wait, what? <laughs> well, we know because they do have a plan. It's like, okay, like our point was we don't know what the hell it is. Like, we, it's, it's very difficult to try to – sometimes you can see, like, the pieces of a puzzle fall into place. Right. Sometimes with the Kings, you're just like, man, what the hell? Like, I don't know what any of this is. And that's the point we were making that day. And somebody listened. Someone called uh, the perceived boss. And we were told, yeah, you got to be careful with that. Like, wait a minute. Like, what, be careful with what? Like, it was a legit. We don't know what direction they're going in. Well, that doesn't mean they don't have one. Well, that's fine. But that, the point is they have people who read and see everything. And if they feel the need to issue there, there, there is a reason right. a person and prior to June, people have been employed at that radio station for so long. Do you, do you feel where I'm going with this? And I'm not just going to, yeah. I'm not going to openly trash people. Like no. you can figure it out for yourself. Yeah. There, there are enough puppets who work at that radio station. There are people who get calls during shows and says, no, don't say that, say this or no, don't frame it that way. Frame it this way. And they make and bits about it and they think have, that it have figured that out over the year. Like, you know, we've seen people come and go and, and you see when people come and go and mm-hmm. maybe what's been said before they come and go. And it's like, well, I didn't really think they did anything that, that nobody at home wasn't thinking or calling about, or, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's yeah. why, why can't you give your opinion on it without it being like, Oh my gosh, you know, what has this place earned? to not have any kind of, you know, literally nothing like this, this, this organization as a whole in its entire has earned nothing in terms of the league. They they've earned nothing. And it's, it's frustrating. We sit sit here and watch this stuff day after day and talk about it. Right. I mean, this is what we have to talk about. It is such a passionate fan base. The fact that there are, you know, the King's Polls podcast, and then there's the Watching the Tape podcast, and there's just so many, you know, there's, there's what we do. There are so many entities that there are so many um, family. There's the King's Herald. You know, the King, they launched a whole website because of the support that that franchise has, and it is mind-boggling. And I have, you know, we, the numbers that this podcast does, I, I find amazing. This, this particular podcast, more than it, it, I find it extraordinary, and I have never once looked at it as any other, anything other than this is an incredibly passionate fan base that consumes content. They want to understand what's going on. They want to know what's going on. They want to be able to you know, talk educated about all of the inside stuff and all of those different things, and year after year after year, they're not rewarded for it. Right. And you know what? Win and none of this is talked about. You know what I mean? Change the culture and win. None of this talked about. None of this stuff was talked about during their eight winning seasons. Mm-hmm. I mean, what was talked about was, you know, a rotation. Oh my gosh, that rotation at the end of the game was mm-hmm. I mean, no one's paying attention who who's employed behind the scenes. Yeah. When you have something that right. you know, worth it on the court that that's going on. It's when 
you have fires going everywhere saying, look at me, look at me, look at me. <laughs> that yeah. it's, you know, it becomes glaring to where, what are you going to, you can only talk about what is or is not on the court, you know, so many times before you start looking at everything else going on. Is there anything else you want to throw in today's show? This one will be a smidge bit shorter than the other ones. Well, because we've got an NBA finals game to watch tonight. We've got the, um, the Lakers and the Heat. Well, last week you had mentioned about some uh, assistant names. Um, and being that we are, um, you know, making reorg changes. Hmm. I do have, I do have some names. All right. Let's hit those. Um, that I can at least throw out. Um, I've mentioned, you know, on, on this, not this episode, but once before about, how much I like the Raptors and Miami and, you know, what they've done. Um, but again, it's hard to know what, what Monty's looking for, but if you look at how he's structured so far where he's, you know, the analytics guy and you have Ken being the contract guy, if you're looking at the scouting guy and looking at someone that could possibly be interested in a promotion, depending on how you're tiering this, Dan Tolzman, who's a number three in Toronto, mm -hmm. um, you know, went up through the ranks. Uh, could he be a number two here? But that's literally what he specializes in. And funny enough, when he was general manager of the Raptors 905 team, um, his coach that he hired first before Jerry Stackhouse and they won it there was Jesse Mers, who is a coach on Luke's staff now. Okay. Um, so there is a connection there that if you were ever to me, if you were going to find a guy to target and say, and like, come, it would be Dan, um, below him is Curtis Crawford. Um, he started as a scout in Minnesota, um, and then, um, was let go there during a regime change, um, became a scout with the Raptors in 2013, uh, served as the scout role until 2018 and um, two years ago was promoted to director of player personnel. Um, so again, if you're looking at people with dual roles, Curtis would be a bump up and someone that could also, you know, handle GM. And um, another one is uh, with the heat, Heath Askins. This is a complete long shot because he's actually been with the heat for 30 years between player coach and um, front office, but he's actually the assistant general manager of their G League team over there. And um, he works directly with um, Adam Simon uh, in the scouting. They're, that's their one-two punch over there. So again, if you're going to target another, you know, scouting type guy, Keith Askins is another one to look at. Um, if you're looking at another dual role, Pacers, Ryan Carr, you he love says, you some Adam Simon. I just want to point that out before you get too far away from that. You look successful. Yeah. Look and look for the trees. I'm all about looking for. Oh, for sure. Looking for the good culture trees that have succeeded. Ryan Carr with the Pacers. Um, he started. He's another one. Started as a video intern there, um, in '96, and is now the VP of player personnel. Um, went through the scouting ranks, did all that. So again, if you're looking at where 
he's never been an assistant GM. This one is he is VP of player personnel. You could look at promoting there and having it be dual roles. Um, whether you're looking at a VP and assistant GM together, depending on how they're structuring this place. Again, it's hard to know. Um, Denver, you have Tommy Balsetis and Anjan Stoyakovic. Surprisingly enough, that's his last name. But again, he's the director of player uh, development there. Um, there is not a ban on Stoyakovic's in, like, in the Kings front office. And then um, over there, Elvis uh, Val Carcel, I believe is how it's pronounced. But he started as a video coordinator with the Suns. Um, went through the scouting. He's actually an assistant coach there now, but he was in the front office, then assistant coach. Could you bring him back some sort of way? Mavericks, ex-player Michael Finley. He was another one too that was reported to be here. But what they've done with him is they've had him kind of mentor under like everybody there. And Cuban keeps telling people, because people keep bringing up his name, you know, I'm probably going to block you. Like, that's how much he's respecting this guy. But an interesting name, super respected. Yeah. Um, and if you go an ex-player route, to me, he would be be an interesting one. Bart Taylor with the Jazz, he actually was the G League Executive of the Year last year. Um, but again, if you uh, – Will Dawkins at OKC has been there for 10 years. Um, Ryan West was just promoted to the Pistons front office. Um, where he had kind of had a year taken off for because he left the Lakers because there was nowhere to promote him to. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Pistons grabbed him as a scout and said they're going to put him in the front office, but they haven't said what the role is. I know he just went there, and I don't really know the etiquette on being able to poach guys away as they're just hired, but I would assume if it's, if it's a promotion that no one's necessarily going to be blocking you for that, that seems to be some sort of the etiquette around there as well. Um, super respected name, um, brought in a lot of talent. So Portland, Bill Branch would never happen, but he's already their number two um, and serves as their He's assistant GM, but essentially serves as their day-to-day GM. Mm-hmm. Um, but he helped build um, Seattle, OKC. Um, he was with the Hornets before that. But he was part of literally OKC's development and then the last 10 years of the Blazers' development. So these are all names of guys that have been there for, you know, in these winning organizations, again, winning good culture organizations – that have been there for over five years that to me, if there's a promotion there that you might be able to, to lure away there, there's a lot of names out there. And it's, again, like we said, it's hard to know where they're going to go. But to me, most of these guys I mentioned are ex video coordinators, ex players, player development scouts. Cause that's where, to me, where I think they need to hit the most, honestly, being as a small market and knowing that we have to build through the draft. And we mentioned last week that, um, you know, the assets and I think assets is more than draft picks that if you have, if you hit the draft picks and you have the player assets, that's, you know, that, that works just, just as well. So um, that's, that's how Toronto was able to build theirs is Dan Tolzman through the G league you know, with Van Fleet, um, Siakam, uh, Terrence Davis, 
uh, Norman Powell. He literally groomed those guys through the G League and then moved up with them onto the regular squad. And guess what? They had the player assets. They had the draft assets. They were able to, you know, to land Kawhi. That's, yeah. But that's the kind of things of, of what Monty was talking about is if you can get these assets, then it puts you in a great place to get that big asset that, that you need. Aggressive and flexible. Those were the lines from the press conference. And uh, I'll tell you what is aggressive. Uh, my bookie, they're aggressive in their payout. It's easy. You bet, you win, they pay. It's that simple. And there's a million things you can use my bookie for. We've got the NBA Finals going on right now. We've got Major League Baseball playoffs going on right now. And we've got the NFL going on right now. So no matter who your favorite team is, no matter who you're feeling best about, my bookie is the place to go. And with my bookie, the terms are simple. I can't overstate this. You bet, you win, they pay. She is Jill Adge. Do yourself a favor. Follow her on Twitter at Jill Adge. And do yourself a favor. Listen to ESPN 1320 Monday through Friday, 12 to 2 p.m. And if you live outside the area, don't worry. Very easy. Download the radio.com app. Search ESPN 1320. Hit the heart and boom. Listen to D-Lo and KC Monday through Friday. We'll be back next week. I got to imagine some of these higher, this front office is going to start to come together. The optics of it might be awkward given the multiple reasons in which they announced the, the terminations today. So it, it, it could very well be, we, it might be something where Monty has to put his front office together behind the scenes, but if they're with the current team, maybe they don't leave it until, I mean, I know Adam Silver spoke just a little bit ago. That'll be some, a transcript right. we got to go review, but you know, this may not, we, we, we might, I mean, I've started to see, I, at first I thought, okay, Christmas, it'll be perfect. It'll be beautiful. Now it's like, no, it's probably January. Like, oh, okay, no problem. Maybe you just have Christmas Day and then you take a week and a half off and then January. Now they're starting to be talk of February and even potentially March. And so now it's like, wow, when this NBA finals wraps up, we're not really sure when we'll see NBA basketball again. And that may influence when the Sacramento Kings officially put their front office together. But of course, we've got the draft coming up in a couple of months. So we'll see how all of this plays out. It's difficult. There's multiple... There's multiple balls in the air, as, uh, yeah. as they say. So, um, and, and you'd have to assume with the draft coming up in the next month and a half that yeah. these names are going to have to start, you know, yeah. start coming out. Um, yeah. One would figure. One would. Yeah. Figure. But, you know, Kings. But, yeah, and I don't <laughs> expect, unless it's a big name um, and someone wants to leak it, I wouldn't expect to hear necessarily any rumors until like it's they hired this person sure it's you know it's similar to what we just saw of del demps going yeah to become a, a oh company. my gosh right like oh my gosh yeah. you took you talk about out of nowhere i right and i'm and then you were like okay well their history together okay um but still but still out of nowhere and so i, I think that's going to be the kind of thing it that seems to be i don't know why here they would leak anyone interviewing sure um especially for this like this isn't that, the sexy well, position and they know how fans here are that it's like oh my god they're interviewing you know people get attached and it's yeah. just it'd yeah. be better for all to just announce it yeah. um and that's which usually what happens with assistant gms it's oh this person left here to come here they got a promotion here to go here um just like uh who was it um landry fields just got hired um to be an assistant GM, I think it was with the Pelicans. Mm -hmm. And he just left the Spurs, which not a lot of people pay attention to him 
you know, his career after his injuries, which was, yeah. you know, really sad that his was cut short, but how quick he was able to, um, to get back, you know, and, and find a niche in, in the front office um, with the Spurs where, hello, you know, jackpot to land. And yeah. he just was one where he was um, their general manager for the G League team and got promoted to um, uh, assistant GM with New Orleans. But again, you didn't find out about it till it happened. So I think that it's going to be the same kind of thing here, unless someone's trying to use it as a leverage to get promoted in their own place. But I still don't see that any, any rumors coming about until there's an actual hire made. She's Jill. I'm Damien. We appreciate you so much. We'll see you here next Wednesday on the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by Hoop Ball on the Hoop Ball Podcast Network. Thanks.